You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What's up, Bills fans? Matt Perino here, and you're listening to another episode of Shout, a football podcast on your Buffalo Bills. And we have a fun one for you today. Ryan Talbot and I were able to uh, have a quick uh, 20-minute conversation with Kevin Smith, who's currently the running backs coach at the University of Mississippi. Uh, Followed Lane Kiffin there from uh, Florida Atlantic, where he was the running backs coach for Devin Singletary, who's your starting running back on the Buffalo Bills. So we were able to catch up with Kevin a little bit. We've talked to him a few times over the course of the last year. He's always gracious with his time. And we, you know, talk a little bit about his career. He was drafted in the third round by the Detroit Lions. Career, unfortunately, cut a little bit short due to injuries. But how he's gone on to become not only a, you know, a college football coach, but a real mentor uh, to guys like Devin Singletary, showing them uh, what it takes to be successful at the next level. We talk a lot about, you know, his pro mindset brand. Uh, it's something that, you know, you'll see he wears a hoodie if you're watching the video version of this. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a, it's a mindset that he's helped cultivate and it's part of his uh, tutelage to a lot of young running backs. So we talk about Devin Singletary's rookie season, look forward to this season, uh, what to expect out of him, what the offseason has looked like. It's a really fun conversation. Ryan and I really enjoyed it, and thanks to Kevin Smith uh, for being gracious with his time as always. And without any further ado, here's our conversation with Kevin Smith. What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into another episode of Shout, a football podcast covering your Buffalo Bills. I'm your host, Matt Perino, joined as always by my co-host, Ryan Talbot. And we have a very special guest tonight. Uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, getting a chance to talk to uh, Kevin Smith, former NFL running back, now mentor to the next generation uh, a few times over the course of the last couple years since Devin Singletary was drafted by the Buffalo Bills. Kevin, uh, Coach Devin at Florida Atlantic. Now he's at uh, Ole Miss. Kevin, my man, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Oh, man, great to be here. Thanks for having me, fellas. So what's, what's summer been like down in Florida? Because obviously we see all these, uh, these stories about, uh, you know, how, how bad things are down there. Has it, put a, has it been a real struggle to, to train this, this offseason? 
Yeah, you know, initially, uh, I'm back in Mississippi now, but uh, we first went on, on spring break and the, kind of the pandemic of shutting everything down happened at that time. And, you know, it was uh, it had to be some quick thinking as far as what we were going to do training-wise because all the parks were closed, all the gym were closed. So you really had to go back to, you know, what you, what you grew up in. And I was having some grass and some concrete and uh, being creative. Uh, and so we found a way to get it in and actually uh, in a major way. One of the really, you know, cool parts about an off season like this, if there are any cool parts, because it's such a, you know, a travesty, you know, so many people who have been affected by the pandemic and lives lost. And uh, there's a lot of sad parts about this. But one of the cool things is, like you mentioned, kind of getting back to your roots. It seems like this has been kind of, for, for a lot of football players, this has been a chance to really, you know, get in tune with yourself and what, what, what you need to do to improve. And so for you, for the guys that you've been working with, uh, whether it be college athletes or, or, or guys that are in the pros, what, what kind of lessons have been learned in the last few months during this period? I mean, just starting off with the pandemic in itself is a lesson. And I think, uh, you know, I can speak for the masses when you say when, you know, we, we've taken life for granted at times, just the ability to wake up and breathe normal speak to people, uh, touch, uh, feel, and show those, you know, types of signs of endearment and friendship. And, you know, like you said, there were lives lost and so many people lost jobs. And so I, I think first and foremost, you know, for the guys that were training uh, in hopes of, whether that was the NFL, college, in hopes of being able to get back something that we thought was automatic every time we wake up, and, uh, and brush our teeth. And I think we all realize that, uh, you know, we can't take anything for granted. And I think for the guys that I was training, uh, it fueled them. And a part of the training, especially when it comes to, you know, Devin and, uh, you know, uh, Gregory Howe, guys that, I, that I've coached in college, uh, a lot of our training is mental and it's a therapy along with the physical aspect. And so, you know, while we're doing some extreme training and, you know, going up hills, uh, we're reminding ourselves that, you know, can we stay committed to the process uh, without being emotionally attached to the results? So I heard that from Inky Johnson 20 minutes before I walked out to train them one time. And that kind of describes our training session and how we attacked this summer and really, you know, how we did it with the appreciation that, we don't even know what's going to happen next. And I think that, uh, you know, especially when it comes to Devin, uh, it was beautiful. Uh, you know, th th this offseason, th this meant something. What lessons can you give Devin based on your own NFL career? And looking back, what would you say went right or wrong with your career? Or is there anything that you would change maybe about your actual NFL career? Absolutely. I, I share. Uh, I love Devin and all, all my all my former running backs. but. I share the good, the bad, and the ugly with them about the NFL lifestyle, uh, starting with finances and not being financially educated and knowing what to do with your money and not realizing that, uh, you know, after week 16, uh, for me, except for one year, there were no more paychecks. Uh, and so understanding what to, to do with your money and how to manage and how to really progress from college to the NFL financially. Um, taking care of your body, being a pro. So uh, me and Devin are owners of Pro Mindset, 
and it's a lifestyle. And that's what I share with every athlete that I come in contact with. It's the things that, you know, I didn't do so well as a pro, such as being a pro, carrying myself in the building. Um, I thought I was a talented player. Obviously, if you, if you know my history, I got injured and it derailed my career. But I don't think that I was the best pro and the best person I could have been in the building. When I tore my ACL, when they drafted Javid, I was a good teammate. I've always been a good teammate, but my attitude wasn't the same. So, you know, collectively, there were a lot of things that uh, I would do different. Uh, but all those experiences are, are, are why I coach. And the guys that I come in contact with, the guys that I have at Ole Miss right now, whether it's the dream of playing in the NFL or not, it's about having a pro mindset, uh, appreciating uh, everything that you have, and really being a good person, doing things the right way. Uh, when it comes to my career, you know, that kind of was what it was. Injuries are what they are. Uh, but if I could change anything, and it's like, what do you know now? It would be to continue to grow kind of off the field and handle my business a lot better. And uh, that's what I strive to give back to the athletes, just, you know, teaching them how to do things and trying to help them uh, put themselves in a position for success on and off the field. You know, it's so funny looking at your, your, your hoodie and your Instagram account. If anybody doesn't follow Kevin, I, I, I highly recommend it uh, on social media and on Instagram. You always see whenever you post a picture or, or something that pro mindset. And what really sticks out to me about that is, you know, the people that you also surround yourself with. Obviously, you're, you're close with Frank Gore. I got a chance to spend some time with him during his season in Buffalo. And it's such a, I almost feel like he's that perfect um, example of what pro mindset is supposed to be. No matter what it was all season long, the guy is just absolutely unflappable. So now fast forward a year, we talked when, when it was all starting at the beginning of 2019, when you talk to Frank now and the conversations you've had throughout the season, how, what was that like for him to spend that year with Devin and, and how beneficial was that for both of them? I mean, what a gift. Uh, the, the irony in that is I've always, you know, had the utmost respect for Frank and he took me under his wing when I was a rookie. We're basically from the same neighborhood and proximity in Miami. And, uh, you know, I've always looked up to him. And so when Devin was a sophomore, you know, when I first got to FAU, I would always call him and be like, because Frank is a football lover. And I would always call him and tell him, look, I got this bad running back, man. He's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. And, you know, he would, yeah, I checked him out. He would, you know, whatever, fast forward. And he gets drafted. And he's on the same team. And they're working out together. And he gets to have a year being under Frank's toolage and learning exactly what I'm trying to give to the athletes that I come in and encounter with. And it's the Frank Gores. It's the LeBron James. It's the, there's so many Tom Brady. There's so many models of having a pro mindset, uh, how to go about your business. Everybody's story different. So there's many people you can pull that fits this pro mindset. Uh, as many people that you can pull that fits this pro mindset lifestyle that, 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 that's had different paths. I mean, you say Frank Gordon, that's the person I, I love to talk to people about because of where he's gone, you know, where he comes from, uh, the, the learning disabilities that he's been able to, you know, overcome two knee surgeries. And he's a bad boy. 
and it's done it for a long, long time. And it's so hard to do, let alone do it with all odds stacked against you. So, you know, this is what it is. And there's so many people of so many, you know, races and sports and business people that fit the message that we're putting out and it's to be a pro. It's who you guys are right now. Ooh, I think we lost Ryan there for a second. So one, yeah, it's lagging down here. My apologies. You know, one thing that had the Bills Mafia talking during this very long off season, and it has to do with that pro mindset, are those workouts with Devin Singletary on the hill. Uh, fans, some fans are like, keep them away from the road. Other fans are just raving about the, the explosiveness, the stop and go. Uh, based on those workouts and what you've seen, how much muscle do you think he's gained this off season? And then where did he get the motivation to, to do those workouts day in and day out? Uh, you know, first and foremost, I, that's who he is. Uh, the, the motivation comes from the hustle, uh, you know, it, we, we always talk about the, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately. How he goes about his business, I think he's motivated by the grass, motivated by the opportunity. And so, you know, going up those hills and doing those crazy workouts, we, we put together what we call play drives. And, you know, I would put together a series of, a, you know, various cuts, but I'm talking six weeks, four days a week on the hill, didn't miss one day. Uh, and you know, we're giving these variations and we're calling them opportunities. So opportunity number two, drive three, because that's how you need to think when it's third down, you know, third quarter, nuts on the line, uh, on, on an away game in a hostile environment. And this is your opportunity to perform. And so as far as the muscle and, you know, I'm, I'm not big into sports science, but you can you can clearly see him and see his, his body change. Uh, you know he cut down fat. Uh, you know he, he's rocking his abs now. And I, one of the things we focused on a lot was uh, his core. And so we beat that core up because that's injury prevention. If you want to get faster, it comes from the core. If you want to be the most conditioned athlete in the NFL, it comes from the core. Uh, you know, look at Christian McCaffrey. I mean, you know, so. We, I mean, we, we were in attack mode and, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Devin because he doesn't talk that much, but uh, the, the way I describe it, I want to represent his energy and who he is. And it's, it's the, the, a humble beast. He, he worked, like I said, didn't miss one day. We went six weeks straight up a hill and, you know, we, we, we loaded it up. Okay. We got to a certain point week four. We tapered it down a little bit, switched up the variations, loaded it back up, and uh, you know, he, he, I guess he was motivated by the by the pandemic, but he, he took it to another level. One guy that we talked about last year uh, was all the tape that you showed Devin at Florida Atlantic of Barry Sanders, and it's funny. I I tell people all the time when they ask me about Devin, whether I'm on radio shows or or, or whatever else. He, his running style, there is that flavor of Barry Sanders in the way that he moves, like, you know, especially his upper body, which obviously moves, you know, with what he does with his lower body. But one cool thing about Devin's game, and this has been a, a big talking point all offseason about how the Bills were going to address around him, building around him. 
And it's, you know, one of the narratives is, is that he didn't break any long runs. And I wanted to get your take on this because from my perspective as, you know, very amateurish, you know, film watcher, one of the reasons I think he didn't break a lot of long runs was because when he was breaking tackles, a lot of that was happening right around the line of scrimmage. I feel like if he's able to kind of maybe seek out some first contact at 5, 10, 15 yards down the field, that's when I think he could become a real, real, you know, home run problem for defenses. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I, I agree with you. I think it, it's a combination of both. I think it's that and, the, you know, the, the, the actual play speed. So the more reps you get, uh, the more comfortable you're going to get. And what we did talk about, you know, so I have PFF. I watched all his plays. And so when we train, I could accommodate his training style based on at least what I saw and what he felt on our conversation about what he needed to fix. And, and you know, some of those are a little bit of confidence, whether he's, you know, he's breaking a, 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 a tackle in the backfield and then having to exert more energy or like some runs, I think New York uh, going into the red zone, he had the safety one man to beat. He kind of nodded him and, you know, it's all about, to me, the angles that he was taking in the NFL. And I think, uh, you know, if you have a guy running you towards the sideline, unless you straighten up and make him force you to tackle him, he'll just run you out of bounds. And I'm not sure if that makes sense. But to me, when I watched this tape, a lot had to do with the angles and him just trusting himself and running vertical and, and eating up, call it chewing up grass, chewing up as much grass as possible. But you know, with, with this offseason that he had, um, he, he's going to be explosive. Uh, the, the long runs are going to come uh, the more my, my man gives him the ball as well. <laughs> That's no shade either. <laughs> I just think about that playoff game. Jesus. <laughs> come, on. <All> right. <laughs> come on now. Well, you know, you just mentioned explosiveness and, and all that. So what are your expectations for Devin then in 2020? Again, I, and I told him this, and, you know, I never really tell him I have interviews, but I spoke to him earlier, and I told him, and I don't want to put that in. I'll tell you what I've been whispering. I've been whispering all pro. I've been whispering all pro. And I believe, again, it doesn't really matter about individual stats. He's never going to be that type of guy. But if he has that type of season, along with the, the additions that they made to the Buffalo Bills with that good defense that they play, uh, they'll go places. But I, I'm, I'm saying all pro. I'm saying that he's worked for it. Uh, he has the ability. It's on him to put it together. And so we'll, we'll see. But mine are, are all pro. I'm so glad that we, we got a chance to catch up with you because I feel like you're the perfect person to talk to, you know, with this very uncertain time. Obviously, what you guys are dealing with down at Ole Miss is a completely different animal because we're, we're really wondering how we're going to stage college athletics this year. But, you know, from a young player standpoint whether it be rookies second year players guys trying to make make a team in this kind of new look uh training camp and preseason where there's actually going to be no preseason what are some of the challenges that you see uh for not only players but teams in this process as we try to work our way quickly to start a season with with really no lead-up time i i think it, it's going to go hand in hand just you know Speaking from a player's point of view, coming in for a rookie minicamp, OTAs, uh, being a young player, learning the playbook, getting a feel, allowing the coaches to get a feel for me. Uh, you know, you're getting new players that you think you know how to use, but that you really haven't put on the grass uh, to know if that's for sure. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's just one of those things where 
you, you, you have to adjust. And, you know, I, I think I saw some of the NFL coaches, I can't remember the name, was talking about the draft and how the pandemic was, you know, there were challenges with the draft. And it was like, we have time, we'll, we, we'll be ready. And I think uh, from, a, from, a, from a big scale, that's really all that matters, uh, if that makes sense. Like, there will be some challenges. Everybody's will be a little bit different, but no one's got a chance to get on the grass. Uh, so it's been harder for players to feel comfortable in the system and it's been impossible for coaches to get a feel for the players that haven't been there. That is college, NFL, so on and so forth. So, uh, but you know, we're, we're we're professionals in the NFL for a reason. Uh, and you know, in my case, it's Division One football. So, uh, proceed as such and and do the best job you can. Um, obviously, we have a very proud UCF alum on the show today. So I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about Mr. Yeah. Gabriel Davis. One of the yes, best sir. receivers to ever come through UCF. Uh, what can you tell us about him if you're familiar? And uh, I, I know a lot of fans are really excited. Excited. He brings kind of a, a different mold of receiver to the, to the squad. Yeah, he kind of reminds me of, of my teammate at UCF, Brandon Marshall. Uh, and I got a chance to see Gabe when they the, when the, you know the Bills came down and some of the guys worked out in South Florida. Mm-hmm. I was there just watching. I saw him and he looked good, looked comfortable. Uh, he looks like a pro, acts like a pro. I told him I was proud of him. I was transitioning out of UCF when we were recruiting Gabe. Uh, so I was a part of that process. And from Sanford, Florida, uh, know his story well. And every time we played him, FAU versus UCF, I always, you know, showed him some love. And, you know, we made sure that we talked. So I'm happy for him. I think he's a good player. I think, he, you know, he fits the growth of the Buffalo Bills and what they're trying to do offensively. So uh, I'm excited that, you know, we got alumni paired with my uh, – with baby boy and uh, you know, I'm ready to watch him watch him rock out uh we had uh Joe Kroom on the show uh were you able to meet him down in uh, uh Kevin in Florida? You, know, you just mentioned coaches aren't gonna know what I did oh nice uh oh sorry Ryan let me just uh, uh having a little bit of a back and forth here um yeah, he we talked to him we had him on the show he kind of took us inside those Florida workouts and you know, for somebody that's been in the NFL locker room, I mean, how rare is it not only to get 22 guys together in an off season like this, like, you know, coming from all these different places, but the, the connectivity and the continuity that seemed to be present on that practice field. I mean, that seemed like a pretty special three days. They had it going. And when I say going, like during their drive, like, I mean, you, I don't know who the quarterback is on the roster. Tall guy kind of remind me of my ex-teammate Dan Orlowski. <laughs> I know how old or young he is, but, he, you know, he had his mustache and looked a little older, but he was, I'm talking about organized personnel in and out. Uh, they took it serious. I mean, you, you wouldn't have been able to tell. It looked like, you know, there were coaches there. They were moving and doing their thing and communicating and getting on the same page. So, I mean, again, you, 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 you have these times that people aren't used to, uh, and so you got a chance to see some professionals, the Buffalo Bills, uh, get innovative and, 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 and continue to get better as a team. So one thing you mentioned a, a minute ago was coaches aren't going to know what to expect with some of these rookies in, in the NFL. And one rookie that the Bills drafted was Zach Moss. So how important is it going to be for the Bills to lean on Devin early in the year while they get Zach kind of used to the system and figure out what his strengths are and how to complement Devin properly? I, you know, I, I think it's all about timing and, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I watched his tape. I thought that, I thought he was a, a good runner. 
Uh, so, you know, there's some players that can come in and have an immediate impact. There's some guys that you can just hand them the ball and they're a spark plug. Uh, you know, they're a bowling ball. Or, you know, they bring something that's present and immediate right now. Uh, and they come with batteries included. So uh, I think just that time, or that, that kind of will reveal itself. I mean, it, it, it'll come out. Uh, but I think, you know, from what I saw, his tape at Utah and, you know, Devin and, you know, they're, they're, they'll be fine in the backfield. They all just got to continue to get better. Uh, they'll be fine. His uh, Zach's big quote uh, kind of made my eyes pop a little bit. He said, after they drafted him, he's like, yeah, the thing with me is, is when, when, when defenders tackle me, they got to make a business decision. And I'm almost like, he's almost the perfect guy to combo with Devin because, I mean, first of all, they're both going to be tough to, to handle and, and take down. But, you know, Devin is kind of a little bit more of that shifty back where I think Zach can bring a little bit more power and physicality. And, you know, it, and I think people forget about TJ Yeldon. I mean, you've been, you know, former second round pick uh, from everybody I've talked to you know, everybody in the building is a big fan of what TJ brings. I mean, they have some real talent, you know, depth-wise at the position. Oh, absolutely. And now that you mentioned that, I forgot TJ was there. Uh, I was still on the roster, but I'm a big TJ Yeldon fan. Obviously, Lane is, you know, Lane's my boss, and I always tell him he's one of the top three. I won't go in order, but he's one of my top three backs to play at Alabama. Derrick Henry's mm -hmm. in there, but I, I was a TJ Yeldon fan when he was rocking that four for the tie. Uh, so I'm a big fan of his. I, I hope uh, he gets an opportunity to do his thing and collectively, you know, just enough for them to keep on progressing. I, I'm a, it's no secret. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> so tell us, uh, tell us a story before we get out of here. What's, what's a fun story back from your NFL days that, you know, really sticks out about what it was like to be, you know, in that world and, and kind of, you know, just kind of like from a fan's perspective, those eye-opening moments where it's like, you got to pinch yourself like, man, I'm in the NFL. It's pretty cool. Uh, well, I'll tell one that, that I tell, you know, they, they had, you know, you go to the rookie dinners and, you know, you, you go out and, you know, based on your draft, your draft pick, they'll stick you with a, a, a rather normal large bill. And uh, so, you know, we, we had our dinner. It was my time uh, with, with my running backs, my vets, and we go out and we're getting ready to, you know, tell me, hey, nine o'clock, we'll meet at the spot and, you know, we'll have dinner. Then you got to be on like, okay. Can't wait. I get there at nine o'clock and they hand me the bill and walk out. And I'm like, they like, thanks for dinner. Oh. It was like, cool. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, that I, I realized I was in the NFL when I was stuck with a, you know, a $6,000 bill, especially with no one at the table to eat it with. That is awesome. Really, really cool. Uh, this has been Kevin Smith. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us and, and talk a little bit about Devin. Uh, big year two coming up. Uh, led the league in yards per carry last year, five five and a half per touch. Uh, he, I would imagine he's going to have himself a big year again this year. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Thanks for having me, fellas. Be good. Take care, Kevin.